Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. I guess I came to the club probably a bit naive about what AFL football was about and what it took. Um, the development pathway that I came through is not as developed as they are now, so um, I certainly took a little while to get going. I think my first year here playing with Subiaco in the Premiership um, was really good for me. Um, being able to play against men in a successful environment um, I think helped build my confidence um, and understand the strengths of my game really quickly. Um, fast forward a few years to playing half-back and, and then moving up into the midfield um, saw it as a great opportunity to you know, utilise some of my greatest strengths. Um, but again, in the back of my mind, the negative voice is always tuning away about you know, my weaknesses and what I needed to work on as a footballer. So I um, felt like I got to work and the continuity I've been able to have throughout my career has been the backbone of me being able to do what I do. Certainly caught a few people by surprise this morning. 37-year-old David Mundy, who has played at this point in time 371 games to date since making his debut for the Dockers back in 2005. Being drafted from Victoria, has decided to retire at the end of the season, which places him 10th on the list of the most AFL-VFL games played, and the Dockers veteran could finish as high as equal 7th by the time he hangs up his boots, depending on the club's finals fortunes. Caught me by surprise when there were indications a few weeks ago they'd have to kick him out of the club. Kim Hagdorn, a very good evening to you. Did it surprise you? Oh, very much so, Peter. Hello to everybody. Um, very surprised at the timing of this announcement, not surprised at the overall decision. My understanding is that David Mundy's not really comfortable with this. He's accepted it. He, he felt as though he was going to play on next year. And as you just touched on, three weeks ago, they'll have to kick me out, was his quote. And then asked about 400. He has said, you know, yeah, you'd like to go as long as you could. So, David Mundy, I'm surprised that it's been made now three games to go. Not surprised that the decision's been made for him not to go on. Uh, because as much as... I thought he was possibly even Fremantle's best player mm. last Friday night mm. against Melbourne. Had something like 10 clearances... Um, and he's averaging 21 disposals a game this season and uh, he's averaging 21 games across his 19-year career. He's only missed one, – once, Pete, w was less than about 20 games. His least games in a season was 2011 when he missed the latter half of that season with an ankle problem. So he's been amazingly durable. He's a club great and it brings up that argument now or discussion. It's a great discussion to have when we get to these sorts of announcements and circumstances and consider a player such a, a an iconic player as their career where they sit with the other players amongst the best. I mean, I think he's clearly one of Fremantle's best ever two or three players, argue about who the, the others might be. But I, I, I was surprised at the timing, not surprised that David Mundy wasn't going to play on if there was going to become an announcement like today, why not in Derby week? Why in a week when, or the Monday of the week when they're to go on the road to play probably the biggest game in home and away that Fremantle have confronted in nearly a decade? I've gone back through my books. I can find 2014 where there was two big occasions at this stage of the season when Fremantle had to beat Hawthorne and then had to beat Port in round 23 to finish in the top four, which they did. They beat Port in the last game of the season to jump, to hold fourth, fourth spot. Port were going to jump over them had they won that game. So why would David Mundy's announcement be in this week? Was it because they needed Fremantle 
some feel good after last Friday and with the story that's going to rage this week about whether Matthew Taverner should hold his spot or not. I don't think he should. Not so sure what alternatives they've got. But that, that in itself is another raging issue that Fremantle perhaps have avoided at least for 24 to 36 hours by announcing one of their greatest ever players will not continue into next year. But why not in Derby Week? I reckon you'd have gotten 50. It's Fremantle's home derby next week, remember. So they play the Bulldogs this week. Then they've got West Coast. And then they finish with Western Sydney in Canberra. Why did David Mundy announce it today? And my answer to that is, speculatively, is because he was seeking some indication. He got the indication that you won't be playing on, you're not going to be guaranteed again next year. And so, therefore, let's announce it because we don't want this to leak out over the next couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, get on the uh, Temper of Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 uh, or the Scarborough Toyota open line 131255. So two questions, and it's been a very celebrated career. But when you look at David Mundy, 371 games at this point in time, he's claimed the Doig medal just the once as the fairest and best player at Frio in 2010 and a one-time All-Australian. So he's always sat just below the likes of Nat Fife and Matthew Pavlich and these players in that tier. Mm. But his consistency has been mm. his strength. He's always been there. And the other question I'll pose, did they decide Frio? Because it's been a terrible final last three weeks and Friday night was, again, quite poor is they cannot carry Nat Fife and David oh. Mundy in the same team going forward. So one had to go, and David Mundy was the one that was told he couldn't continue. Oh, no doubt. Um, Nathan Fife is securely contracted for next year. Nathan Fife is the reigning captain, and Nathan Fife is Nathan Fife. And there's not a lot of people at Fremantle that are going to tell Nathan Fife what to do. Um, absolutely. You, you can't see the other one when you look at Fremantle. Uh, so Monday's departure at Fremantle, 5.30 and, and 208 games. And he's he's just not the player that we've uh, lauded mm. at the heights of his career. He's not that player anymore. So my question, Mark, is is the finals coming up, how they handle those two players, uh, the, the, the emotions between the two, uh, the, the, the bonding between them over the finals. Also Michael Walters, tail end of his career, 31, nearly 200 games. And those those boys really, you can't, budget on them being around Fremantle beyond 2023. So unless they can grab something this year with the likes of Mundy, Fife coming back during the finals, Walters so late into his career, Lobb to go. I can confirm apparently, Peter, that Rory Lobb has told Fremantle he wants to be traded in the trade period in October. He's told them already. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what sort of... What sort of emotions does that create? Does it create a bit of conflict, disharmony within the group, a bit of uncertainty about some? Why? Sean Darcy, well, Sean Darcy hasn't been the same player for, for several weeks. And my understanding is that Sean Darcy and, and Rory Lobb were hauled over the coals uh, on Friday evening by the midfields coach, Josh Carr, uh, slipped right into uh, Rory Lobb and, and Sean Darcy about their productivity and their body language, their attitude, and also post-match. Now, I thought Darcy was okay. He was beaten by mm. Max Scorn on Friday night. I thought Max Scorn set a tone of authority on that ground, and that's what they wanted from the opening moments to try and win that game, to run on and win a critical game. I thought Gorn set a tone, but I didn't think Darcy, you know, he certainly didn't turn the toes up, that's for sure. He didn't give it up, but really strong from Josh Carr, apparently, at halftime and then post-match. Now, Rory Lobb, no hit-outs. I think he played injured. 
and Rory Lobb, just the one tackle. Uh, I, I thought he was justifiably assaulted by a midfields coach, but he's mainly forward, isn't he? So Fremantle have got some issues, I think, that are affecting the rest of the group. And the Luke Jackson coming is certainly having some effect, as I understand it and as I see it. So um, where they go to for next year, if they can't achieve something this year, this season, Fremantle, and I think this game this week is so pivotal to Fremantle's chances of extending their run into September deep because if they don't win this week, I think Fremantle can finish as low as sixth or even seventh. The Bulldogs climb back into eventually the top eight because I think Richmond and the Bulldogs can press into the eight at Carlton and St Kilda's expense. Now, that's what's resting on it for the Bulldogs against Fremantle, and Fremantle have got a lot of other issues that they need to handle, emotional issues and morale issues behind the scenes to be able to beat the Bulldogs on Saturday night. Okay, and just an update here on regarding both Nat Fife and Sam Switkowski uh, making their returns from injury. It just come out. Uh, the update from uh, Peter Bell, the Executive General Manager of Football. Uh, it looks like at Nat Fife is targeting return in round 23 against GWS. So he's not going to come back anytime soon in the next couple of weeks. Well, I think uh, we, we said that. We said yeah. last week that it was three to four weeks. I, I still question he might be targeting through GWS on the road again in Canberra. I, I'd be, I'd still maintain I'd be surprised at that. Mm. Target that all you like. Yeah, okay. Get fit and healthy, then have another two weeks before the first final, Nathan. And Switkowski has his eyes on the uh, derby as he recovers from a back injury. Well, that's, I think they need him. In. Yeah, they're, they they're do. Forward line. Their forward line, their small forwards were, were I don't know, I don't know about as bad as Tabiner and Lobb, but the likes of Schultz, just eight possessions and a couple of tackles in particular, he's gone way off the boil, has, has Lachlan Schultz. Travis Collier struggles. Frederick's very flashy. Sam Switkowski is far more reliable than any of the other small forwards that they have played while he's been injured and recovering. So the sooner he gets back into that forward mix, even even Michael Walters, he's not providing that defensive pressure that he was often renowned for when he was playing more permanent forward and a bit of mm. now and again, a bit through the midfield. They, they certainly need uh, Switkowski back. But Tabana, six, disp- six disposals, one possession to three-quarter time, and Rory Lobb, eight possessions, no score, and just the one tackle. Mm. So their forward line was inept. Uh, it's been inept uh, certainly during this period. The other thing that we also need to understand is that Frio, if they're going to go forward, they have not been able to kick a winning score. What is it? Nine, seven. And what did they kick on Friday night? Was it six goals or something like that? They've been very poor. The just, other th- just the five. Uh, just the five yeah. goals. So, so there you the go. last three games, nine against Sydney, nine, 11. 7-10 in the draw against Richmond and 5-9. Five. Five, and, and okay, you need to also give us your thoughts on the career of David Mundy. As you said, he's, he probably will nestle in the top two or three of all-time Fremantle greats. How much will they miss him and who's the successor to oh, the David Mundy role? Oh, and look, that's that, a big question. That is a major question because, as I say, Nathan Fife is not the player he was. He's contracted for next year. He'll, he'll go on. Michael Walters is contracted for next year. He'll go on. Not that he's a midfield option, mm. but you'd have to be looking at some of the boys that are filling defensive roles at the moment, the likes of Chapman. You know, he's still way short. He's not a big-bodied man. Uh, Nathan O'Driscoll is someone else that, you know, could be moulded into a bigger-bodied midfielder. But again, 
He's, he's coming back off injury just with Peel. Has to be got back into that team pretty soon. So at least he's on the bench or sub or whatever. I'm not so sure where they've got those players. They certainly don't have the big bodies like Mundy and Fife, especially for for now. They're not they're not able to win games when they've been challenged by the, the four or five other top four candidates have those big power hitters, big power bodies around the midfield. And that's where I think it's caught Fremantle. And not just once or twice this season, but certainly the games when they got beaten by Gold Coast and Collingwood in rounds nine and 10 after their big run of seven straight. And then also the Carlton game uh, at Marvel in round 15, they were always beaten by big bodies around the ball. You know, it was uh, was Heward, it was Cripps, it was uh, Kennedy in that game when Carlton got them. Mm. Carlton are flaky. But whenever then Sydney got them, Melbourne got them, even Richmond hanging back at them and keeping them to a low score uh, was more with that that physical aggression, which forced Fremantle to slow their game and then, then their, then their uh, uh, suspect to the pressure from the harassment and certainly tackling. So they haven't got the big bodies waiting to replace Nathan Fife. If he gets through a full season next season, I'd be surprised. You'd have to get him through and manage him at times. They don't have the logical successes. Where Mundy sits, I think he's probably still behind Pavlich and Fife. Fife, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, just before we take a break. And Sandy Lands, I'd say. I think yeah. Sandy Lands is their, that's their top three for mine, Fremantle. Okay, give us your thoughts on the big announcement today with David Mundy. Get on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Or give us a yell to Scarborough 2 out of open line 13 12 55. As we go to the break, we were discussing this about Alistair Clarkson just before we came on air, Hags, uh, in our production meeting. Dear Haggers, you just keep doing what you do best when it comes to reporting on AFL footy and in particular the two West Australian clubs. Just keep reporting the facts, good or bad. I found it so refreshing over the years to just hear it as it is from yourself and Barney over the years, for you, talking about Brad Hardy, unlike so many of the other broadcasters uh, when it comes to reports on football in WA. Pencil this in. Now, Hags, mm. you'll have more on this, actually, that Alistair Clarkson will coach North Melbourne five-year deal on monster dollars. That's from Robbo, who's up there on the in the Sunshine State of Brisbane. We'll discuss Alistair Clarkson. That's coming up. We've got a bit on that as well. And as well as that, we'll discuss the West Coast Eagles. And Josh Kennedy's retirement game this week. People are still skirting around. Even Adam Simpson. Oh, Josh will make his decision. The decision's made, everyone. And we announced it here six weeks ago. Okay, and here, as we go to the break, one of David Mundy's great moments. Fifty. 